another episode of Get Tailgate Show. It's double A-A-R-O-N-C-O-R on Twitter. We, of course, have Airjare, Jeremy Kramer, Airjare54 on Twitter, the Ginger Unicorn, the man, the myth, the legend, I Hi by July, Corn Hub's number one customer, Jeremy Kramer, and... B Quinn B Diddy Brian Quinn B Quinn 34 on Twitter. He holds the record for the shuttlecock race in Connecticut in 1984. I don't know. His name is Brian Quinn. Shuttlecock (laughs) shit. That's a Midwestern thing. You're you're talking about like what are you talking Uh, about? Badminton? I don't know what I'm talking about. All right. I'm just excited to be here, guys. Really appreciate you. Really appreciate everybody at the network for this opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in mourning, boys. I'm in mourning. Another one bites the dust. Yeah, I'm over. How many, uh... Well, what was it? We we had bet on Veronica. Now you can just bet on Komet. Sounds better, doesn't it? It... uh, Bet commit. That's it. <laughs> so let's just get out of the way. The Bears no longer have 27 tight ends, right? Field Yates. <laughs> yeah. Still tight ends. No, they don't. This is funny. <laughs> it's like well, this- you know, you know how they do. They they like to trigger Bears Twitter because it gets a response. It's just. It's easy. It sure is. Yeah, we are responsive. So this is the this is the commit effect, man. This is what happens when you draft a tight end with soft hands, reliable, great height and weight, willing to go across the middle. Do you know what I mean? This is a guy that's the first one in, last one out, student of the game. This, this is the effect. Guys are going to get cut at that position when you get an elite tight end like this coming in. So it's it's the part <laughs> wow. of the course. We're still talking about Bronco. Who's the quarterback? <laughs> I mean, You're, we're going to use you that. Don't like, tight end. You don't need a quarterback. I mean, right? When you have a tight end like Cole Komet. Right. You know, because what, uh, what the Ian Book is so badass? Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think. And when was the last time Notre Dame had a quarterback? Right. Mm, God. There you go. Tight end you. So good. We don't need quarterbacks. That's how good they are. Throw the ball. They, they, play, they, they play behind great offensive linemen and they have good, decent receivers. And yeah, just can't get good quarterbacks there. Or running backs. Like you think a young kid out of high school, oh, wait, I could play behind a great O-line? Okay. <laughs> But it just doesn't work out that way. Would you rather be at the beach or, like, in Indiana? All right, here we are shining the dome again. <laughs> We've gone off the rails immediately. Um, the, the no, I'm just saying, young young kid, right? It's a, top, a top college recruit, like a quarterback, like, would you rather be in Tallahassee or Indiana? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but you just want to play in the league. I mean, you know, you want to be on TV every Saturday on your own network, getting jocked by every ex Notre Dame uh, player who's also a broadcaster. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. yes. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. How many people thought Deshaun Kaiser was the best quarterback in the 2017 draft? A lot of people. Mm. 
That's facts. Anyway, the moral of the story is that Brian Broniker, Brad, Brad Broniker, Ben Broniker, all the Bronikers were were released. Uh, got right engaged and cut in like the same news cycle. Yeah, well, I he, know it. He he must have gotten wind that he was getting cut. He's like, oh shit, I well, You know, we talked about it earlier. I didn't think he was going to make it through this season. But better anyway. lock down a Golic on the way out. <laughs> better better, better hit my start of the Golic family wagon because <laughs> I'm about to be out of a jab. J-O-B. He'll probably, yeah. probably going to be a doctor, though. That's the thing. You know, yes. I mean, that, that, that was his life goal. Predicted by Jer. Um, I'll let you tell it, Jer. Well, I thought I'd heard through several people that he was probably not going to make it through this season. He was probably not going to be a bear regardless. He'd actually, from rumors I'd heard from local, he is a local kid, that uh, – he was seriously considering retirement. I would be surprised if he decided to go to a different team right now, especially knowing that he's medically trained and what's going on now. I would say that even if he was to be signed by a team, he'd probably opt out anyway. So uh, another local kid bites the big one. Yeah. He's obviously got the connections of being at Harvard, which is tons yeah, of connections. He's a doctor, he's got, man. He can do whatever he Golic family connections. He's got the Bears now connections. I mean, he could probably do whatever he wants uh, at this point. Yeah, so I wonder if Sid, is Sydney still working for the team? She was for a yes. little bit. Yep, she is. Yep. So, um, you know, she's. Uh, I I thought he was probably going to end up getting cut anyway. I was the one thing that I was surprised about the cut is because he is a pretty good. He he is a contributor on special teams. I think this opens up a hole there, and hopefully they've got some plans to get those holes filled because we're losing a lot of guys that contribute on special teams. Well, see, that's what and that's what happens when you know you start losing guys to free agency, and then you know you, you just lose depth. I mean, you know that I think. One of the biggest things that's been an issue lately is we have lost those guys on special teams. I mean, Bellamy. That's exactly what I was thinking. I don't think we've recovered from the loss of Bellamy on special teams. Right. Which is surprising. Right. I agree. Uh, and, and that's what's kind of been weird, too, is that, you know, we keep getting these guys like Ridley and, and Wims and whatnot. And it's like they don't they don't contribute on special teams. You know, yeah. they don't they don't do anything. They just you know they're just like the fourth receivers. I mean, all the whims is on the field pretty a good amount, but uh, you know it's it's certainly important. I mean, the 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 league keeps trying to kind of legislate uh, special teams sort of out of the game, but it's still part of the game, um, and you see it's important. You know, and right now you will find other places in the lineup. You got rookies coming in. You got guys trying to make the roster. There will always be guys fighting to, to play on special teams. I know, it but necessarily have to come from the receiver years, position. We just haven't had any standouts since you know. Well, I mean, Corderell. Yeah, Corderell, but he's. Uh, I mean, I don't know that that's where they're paying. has been a, a solid point of a guy there. Yeah, but I don't know why that you're paying Corderell five million dollars to be a gunner. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, although he is great at that. That's what we do. <laughs> yeah. 
so he got cut. Um, and you know, and then the other big news, and everybody's just falling all over themselves to to uh, to to give uh, Ryan Pace a handy because he managed to get a conditional seventh round that could be a sixth round pick out of our boy, everybody's all American, Adam Shaheen. You know how quick they flip, though. I'm gonna, I'm, I have to say it a little bit. Like we we've been off the Shaheen thing since he got here. Like yes. so a lot of a lot of people were like, oh yes, he still has potential. He still has potential. Now everybody's like, oh, good thing Pace got rid of Shaheen. It's like, okay guys, where were you at the last like couple seasons when you were sweating his ass? Like wait till he gets out on the field, he's gonna second turn round, around. Second round tight ends, man. What are you gonna do with him? Yeah, there are a lot of people jocking him a little bit though. <laughs> <laughs> The, the baby Gronks got thrown around. I yeah. mean, as soon as, but I'm sorry, but as soon as you saw the guy run around and fall down every time he was touched, it was so just, soft. You could just tell, nope, not it. Buff Llama, dude, the, the career highlight video was money. That was money. That was money. Shout out to, shout out to Buff Llama. Um, the, uh, yeah, I mean, what can be said about Shaheen that we haven't already said? The guy is just DOA, basically, like, terrible pick. And I know, you know, it's not necessarily fair to go and say, well, he could have been, could have been, could have been. But there's so many guys that they could have picked, you know, whether it's Kamara or Juju Smith-Schuster or Cooper Cup or, you know, uh, Kareem Hunt later in the – I mean, there's just so much – other talent. I don't even have to get as far as George Kittle. I mean, because I don't want to talk about George Kittle because uh, nobody, I mean, the 49ers probably didn't think they were getting anything with George Kittle. They had earlier picks and they still waited. So I'm not going to, you know, be like, oh, they could have had George Kittle because for whatever reason, he fell really far. But, I, you know, when you look around the rest of the second round, the third round, and you see other players that the Bears needed and they didn't take and they took this big goofy guy out of a small school like you know Pace just continues to try to be the smartest guy in the room and he tries to follow he tries trying to remake the Saints here he, he that is what he is doing he is trying to remake the Saints he he, he Trubisky to the point is, where he's bringing back guys that were on the Saints like yeah years ago yeah Yep. Exactly. That's why we bring him back, wash Jimmy Graham and, and paying him, you know, it's like, what, what did you owe him money from when he was a saint? I don't get it. Like, All right. you know, Trubisky is his breeze and he was trying to make, you know, uh, yeah, Trubisky, Trubisky, Shaheen, Eddie Jackson, Tariq Cohen, Tariq Cohen, Jordan Morgan in that draft. Ouch. ouch. So we got Eddie. Okay. We got Eddie. And Tariq, I mean, Tariq's been a uh, small school guy. What is he, fourth-round pick? I, uh, I, I think has been a solid pick. I'm not going to mark that down against Pace as a bad pick. Now, what do you go, – Go back the next year, the year prior to that draft. That, yeah. I've, I'd like to see that draft. I'm sure it's chocked full of winners. Nope, it's not. <laughs> it's just, I mean, you know, that's what he's been trying to do. He's trying to remake the Saints. And, you know, I mean, I don't 
I don't care about your tape from Division Two. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. it, you've got to be, you have to be so far and away the best player in the world in the, to, to, for you to jump off the the, the screen in, with Division Two tape. Like, I just, you know, show me, uh, show me playing against pros. Right. You know, actually, that that draft might have been better, but. It, Floyd was a bust, but Whitehair, Bullard, eh, Kwiatkowski, Deion Bush, DeAndre Hall, Jordan Howard, Houston Carson, and Braverman. That's marginal. That's another, that's another pace draft. I mean, mm-hmm. you know. Like, anyway, I'm not going down that road right now. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I'm sorry, but everybody can just stop congratulating him. Yeah, it's cool that we didn't just have to cut him. I'm excited because I really thought he was coming to camp. I mean, you heard Clancy Barone say he's he's got, you know, ideas about what he can do in this offense. And he He'd not be in it. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> what I talked about is like, yeah, you know, his idea of what he can be in the offense is out of the offense. You know, like um, it's just – you know, it just like, shows you this is what they do when you put too much into these press conferences. It's good. To, it's good to hear from the coaches, but they're they're, they're trying to sell stuff too. Like sure, and and all the guys have potential in toolboxes and right. Well, and and honestly, thank you, Clancy Barone, because apparently the Dolphins were listening to that press conference, and they must have been like, "Whoa, Clancy Barone thinks he's worthwhile." <laughs> like, you know, yeah, we turned a second round pick into a seventh round pick. Thank you, Ryan Pace. Magic. Yeah, the magic man. Yeah, way to go. You paid him four million dollars. <laughs> like a, roughly four and a half million dollars, hundred and seventy-three thousand dollars a catch. Woo! Nice. That's a it's a good check if you can get it. Of course, you have to fall down and break something every time you catch the ball. So. Well, and, and you know, everybody else is on Instagram working out. This guy's fucking Instagram is just him out shooting guns. You know, dipping chaw like, which is fine, but it's like, bro, I, I doesn't look like you're really sweating the whole making the bears thing. No, he knew. Yeah. He, he had to. Did, did yeah. you guys see the polls that Fishbane did on an athletic? Oh, there's polls. Oh. Yeah. One of them was who is the best bears quarterback of all time. And the choices were Cutler, Luckman, McMahon, Miller, Kramer, Orton, Douglas, or Trubisky. Oh. And, Smoking J1 with 41.3% of the vote. Statistically, he is the best quarterback that the Bears have had. Yeah. Sid Luckman, though. I mean, he's got rings. He's got titles. So. Yeah, it's I'm assuming most of the people that voted didn't get the same play. Sid Luckman was essentially like the first modern quarterback. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, they, they really, what, what, what Hallis wanted him to do, like, didn't exist before he asked him to do it. So, I mean, you got to give him some props. It's like the world by storm. Yeah, it sucks that he still holds all these records for us. Especially. Yeah, in a passing league. and Yeah, especially. And, and that's. Jay, Jay owns a bigger portion now, I believe, but he does, but that, you know, that that's one of the crazy things is that when you go wide receiver quarterback, 
there's guys that, mm. that played 50, 60 fucking years ago that are still holding records. You know, Johnny Morris and like, it's it's rough. That yeah, is. <laughs> Start getting, you start dipping into Bears history at those positions. It, it gets pretty dark pretty fast. Right. And another one was who deserves most of the blame for the 2019 season, and Nagy was the selection with 45.4. What were the other choices? Yeah, Pace, Trubisky, offensive line. I don't know why that's on there twice, offensive line. But uh, everyone, all the above are injuries, and – in second came Mitch, and then third was Ryan Pace. Hmm. But but Nagy. I think ultimately it's I think ultimately it's got to go on Ryan Pace. He built that roster. Nagy can only coach so much, but ultimately, you know, I think a good portion of that blame needs to go to Ryan Pace. Yeah. I think, I think ownership should have been a selection. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. There's an argument for that, too. Well, it's funny because, like, I think Nagy, at this point, you you have to mark him down as a successful coach so far. Yeah. In the He's, division, got a especially. He's got a winning record. He's twenty and eight. He's got a division championship. Um, he's beaten the division, like you said. You know, for Green Bay. Right, but he's they they have they beat them to win the division, and they've they've played them close. I mean, for what that's worth, for the most part, they haven't been blown out by them. Um, they really haven't been blown out either. Uh, you know, and that's, that's uh, Kansas City game. Yeah. Oh, that one hurt. If you're talking about God, the that last, one hurt. If you're talking about the Fox and Trestman era, though, they they haven't been blown out. I mean, nothing like that. No, that's true. I mean, they you know they got blown out consistently in those eras at times. So whatever, but but I also just think he's you know he was brought here to get the most out of Mitch. He hasn't done it. He was brought here as an offensive coach. He hasn't delivered on that. I agree with that. Uh, I think that's a problem. Um, I think I still think that he's it, he's arrogant. Um, and the reason I think he's arrogant is because he thinks that his scheme is so good that it doesn't matter if Mitch is not that good, and it doesn't matter if Mitch isn't practicing that well that. On Sunday, he's going to outcoach the other team. I think I think anybody in the, that gets to this level, no matter what position or what your job is, you have to have arrogance. I mean, you look how arrogant the fucks that never made anything out of their life that think they live football are, and how arrogant they are about the sh- their shit, and they right. didn't even they didn't even make it, anything out of well, it. Sure. <laughs> Imagine how arrogant you have to be to top out. You know what I mean? Oh, so and the, you. Had- and to just to be a leader of men who are at the top of their game, literally, physically, you know, to be able to to be a leader of you know three hundred pounds, six foot seven guys who, you know, I mean, it, it, it takes. It's a, more of a confidence in what you're doing yeah. on that level than it is a intentional arrogance. Well, yeah, I mean, arrogance and 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 confidence are all about wins and losses. 
Right. When you when you win, you're confident. When you lose, <laughs> you're arrogant. Right. And, you know, and that's what I always said is that his conviction <laughs> is stubbornness. It's conviction when he wins. It's stubbornness when he loses. It, we were always, loving it when we were winning, though. Oh hell yeah! Oh the we trickery! Oh the yeah! Absolutely, but we uh, but but there's still always been that underlying issue of they're not fucking scoring points. They are not scoring mm-hmm. points. You take away the Detroit and the Tampa games and the outliers, they're not scoring points. And if you take away the defense scoring points in 2018, that offense was miserable. Correct. <laughs> And so he has absolutely not delivered on on the promise of being an offensive guru. And I don't care, you know, Santa's sleigh or whatever. And, and it's like, don't ever put Khalil Mack out there in a fucking offensive play again. Cool it with that shit. You know, like. Yeah, I think for me, it was just like finally seeing like when he first came onto the scene, it was like. Holy crap! We're like, look at the way we're lining up. Like, we're we're actually looking like an offensive-minded football team for the first time I've ever seen. Like, le- like legit. Well, like, what holy about crap. It, looked, it felt it felt like finally like a team that's been kind of behind the times. It's just like a run and defense. Holy shit, we might actually be onto something here. Like, we might actually be finally catching up with how offenses played in the NFL, which normally that's not Bears football. It's usually just run, run, run. Okay, we could pass now. Right, but but that happened in 2013 too with Tressman. A little. Tressman I think this, had this, a good uh, offensive league. The <laughs> defense felt, this, took a just, shit. I'm just saying these a lot. This just felt like a more like innovation than Tressman. I guess I I just Tressman delivered on being the top offense in the league. I mean, you say what you want about him as a coach and a leader. I mean, he delivered offense like. Nagy has not <laughs> like so I mean yeah there's been some bells and whistles and I do believe he can scheme people open but I think that his play call Trust, I think Tressman had a little more talent too to be honest at quarterback and wide receiver yeah absolutely yeah. he did absolutely he did and offensive line and tight end yeah, I mean, across the board, the offensive side of the ball was more talented. And that's what, like... Well, Mel Tucker, let's just call it what a spade a spade. He came out here yeah, and shit yeah. the bed. Right. Right. This defense was aging, again. too. He was yeah. so bad. Well, and, and that's... I mean, that's just... That, just, that was because they, sh- you know, like... We can never should, have... We can never have everything clicking at the same time. No. No. <laughs> it's like we just you know like we have lost how many good coaches have we lost whether it's Ron Rivera, Rod Marinelli, Leslie Frazier like you know we've lost a lot of quality coaches that are still out there doing doing well you know what I mean and and people could say what they want but John Fox was a good coach before he got here yeah he kind of fell off a little bit, but he had a Super Bowl pedigree. He's been to the Super Bowl. I get where you're at. I with mean, more than one team. He took, he took, yes, with more than one team, he took Jake Delhomme to the Super Bowl. He, you know, he took Tebow to the playoffs. He's, he had very good defenses always along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was a Jeff Fisher kind of a coach. You know, old school, you know, blah, blah, blah. But that's what's ironic now is now the league is flipping back to that. 
because of who Kyle Shanahan, which we should have pulled the trigger on Fox earlier and hired, but we didn't. And as you were saying earlier in the week, Diddy, only the Bears go out and, you know, do it ass backwards and hire a GM, uh, you know, and then don't let him hire his own coach. Right. Because Fox fell into our laps because he unexpectedly got fired by the Broncos. That's the only reason, you know, and, and they've never even hired a coach with that type of pedigree before ever. They've never hired a coach with previous head coaching experience prior to Fox, except for George Hallis. All right, and you didn't have that coach of who you thought was going to be, like, the coach of the future with this new GM that you draft the quarterback together that you want to develop. Like, Fox wasn't there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, so, like, I would love to have known – you know, and I, I know that we may never find this out, but but it's obvious that Pace did not pick Fox as his coach. Like that was not what he wanted. Well, especially to do. when you found out like he didn't even know about Mitch. Right, right. So there was clearly disconnect. Um, you know, and that just that just goes back to the the owners not really having football people in charge. You know, and I mean, just so you want to blame Nagy, I guess. I think I, I would at this point in time, I would put my stock into Nagy. I would buy Nagy stock before oh. I buy a stock. Because mm. I think that Nagy is going to go on. If we get rid of Nagy, he is going to go on and be a good coach somewhere. He's going to get another shot as an OC, and then he'll eventually get another shot as a coach because of his personality. And and well, I'll tell you, he's got enough with his just his leadership of men. Right. I I think that goes a long way with him, and I think fans realize that. Bottom line, though, he's got to start. That offense has got to start clicking somehow. Right, and this is why I say again and again, people really think that he is going to put all his eggs in Mitch Trubisky's basket again. I don't care if there's no preseason games. I don't care if they're playing Detroit Lions first. I don't care any of that. It, it, you you brought in coaches who know Nick Foles. You brought in Nick Foles. You brought in all of this stuff to really, really give Mitch another shot to get everybody fucking fired. I don't buy it's, it. This is gonna be such a tough off season to to have to get your offense going in, in this with this. Set up in these restrictions. Yeah. It, man, like, oh, Mitch needs live reps. Mitch, I mean, for those like dinosaurs that, like, I, I was honestly getting rid of the preseason games to me. I think it's smart anyway. I think they should do it eventually anyway, but you're going to get, who oh, they need live reps in the preseason. Because, whatever. But, if this is a guy that needs reps, 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 and live reps, like, it's not happening. So, it's, it's, with these restrictions, it's going to be. I think you're going to see first couple of weeks, offenses throughout the league that aren't on the same page. You're going to have a real hard time, hard go at it. I think this is going to be a defensive league the first couple of weeks. And it already has been that, but yeah, you're right. It's going to I mean, be more, more so, so with this. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it's another you know grand irony that after Nagy admits that he should have played players in the preseason. And now he was planning on it. Boom, there's no preseason. He knew all along. 
<laughs> well, and it's another thing that if it had worked and the Bears had been, you know, had won, he would not have gone back. You know, he believed in it. He's not the only one. He's not the only one that, you know, sees that it's not worth risking injury to these guys when you're just out there running totally vanilla concepts anyway. I mean, it's it's important for the for the roster battles, um, you know, the second and third string guys. Can, but Can you imagine being an undrafted free agent right now in this market with things as I would be – it'd be very tough, well, I would think. Well, it's pretty interesting. Things are trickling out uh, with regards to the practice squad and how it's going to work for positive tests. I do think there's going to be some expansion, um, you know, with regards to that, and you're going to see them have have the flexibility to, to you know, and, and I think it was – I think it was Rappaport, uh, Ian Rappaport that, that reported on it was saying, you know, that – you know, they're going to be able to to have a lot more flexibility, even more than the initial, you know, 12-man expansion and the rules about the offensive linemen and, and whatever. They're going to have to. I mean, you know, because there's, there's going to be guys that test positive. We've talked about it, that there's going to be big-name guys or – I mean, what the hell happens if Pinheiro gets it? You know what I mean? Like, you know, you – you know, there are lots of as many guys as you have on a football team. There are lots of guys that you only have one of. Patrick Scales, you know, what, what if Patrick Scales gets COVID? You, you got, you know, what is Manley gonna? Uh, Manley, Manley just moved to downtown Chicago, so he's go. ready. <laughs> he's, he's he better he better keep his uniform uh, ready to go. Um, but yeah, you're right. The UDFA's, you know, it's gonna be. Interesting. Uh, speaking of UDFA's, everybody's favorite darling UDFA, Emmanuel Hall, was just released by the Washington football team. Um, so that was another another guy that everybody was like, how did he not get drafted? What a stud, so fast, amazing, blah, 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 blah. And then <laughs> it's like, yeah, there's a reason these guys are undrafted free agents. Like how many, how many we get all – Hyped up because we're, you know, junkies with this shit. But how many of these guys really pan out? Dude, for, right. What's the max, the average? Oh, shit. Had it in my brain and lost it. Anyway, the Player. average player only plays four years? Three. Three? Well, speaking of the guys you can't predict, they the there's only two more polls I wanted to share uh, from that, that Fishman thing. Who has, who's been Pace's worst draft pick? The choices were Leonard Floyd, Adam Shaheen, Mitch Trubisky, and Kevin White. Trubisky won with 41.9%. Kevin White second? Mm, yep. Shaheen third. I don't think that's fair. I do. Trade it up. Trubisky? He got you a division championship. The did defense he? did, yes, I know, but he was a he was a contributor. I don't think that's a fair I don't think that's um, fair. And it's, and it's Kevin White, and it's not close. I agree. I said it was Kevin White. I was saying that on Twitter today. Like I think for a guy who was what, the seventh overall pick, he had zero production. 
Like they paid touchdown the NFL, not one. Right. They paid him for five full seasons. And, and, they, and injuries played into that. So what? True. And yeah. He had a mon- He had that monster game against the Texans, like the opening day, right? And then after that, it was like gone. And he had a great game against Dallas, but it was in a blowout. If I'm not mistaken, right? It was like he felt like he was gonna come out. Like preseason games, didn't he have any good regular season games? Did he? He A couple. Did he? I don't even remember. They were okay, but the thing, the thing with me, and I hate to bring this up, but Mitch, look who you passed on. That makes it even worse. I'm sorry. Passed on Kevin White, though. I mean, look who we passed on, though. In the same freaking position in this draft and moved up. Right, but with Kevin White too, like you, he's been he's been trying to get a wide receiver ever since he missed on him, you know, and that's the reason why we had to spend a bunch of money on Al Robinson, um, which has ultimately worked out. But you know, I don't know. It's close. I just think because Mitch has actually given them pretty good production and actually had a winning season, actually won a division, actually, you know, was a Pro Bowl alternate. I mean, for the Bears, that's pretty good. Did he live up to the number two overall pick? Certainly not. But, I mean, how many guys – I mean, how many guys really do? It's not – it's, it's you know, being a top two quarterback pick is, a far, is far from a sure thing. Um, so it's close. Uh, you know, they're both terrible picks. I mean, at the end of the day, right now, the bears are in full recovery reconnaissance mode from Ryan Pace's drafts right now. Right. Every move they make is to fix a mistake in Mm. free agency or drafting. You had a whole full blown kicker circus because, we, you know, because we got the bum-ass Cody Parkey. Leads me to the next poll question. Which rookie are you most excited about? And I, I just want to hear you guys say it. Travis Gibson. Yep. Okay. <laughs> no. Hmm. I'm, <laughs> I'm excited about Komet. I think yeah. Komet will be good. But I actually am Jalen Johnson, truthfully. Yep. He came truthfully, in second. I think Jalen Johnson is right there for me because – Oh, yeah, definitely. Because we – like, that's as important as commit. If not oh, – We got two first-round picks in the second round in my mind. I, that That's my feeling on it. I don't think commit's first-round talent. You will. I, right. I, I like commit. I think he's going to be a solid player. I just don't think he's a first-round talent. There wasn't any. Normally he's doing baseball this time of year. He's actually being able to dedicate everything to football now. You wait for it, man. <laughs> I'll say it. Get ready. I'm excited to see what Cole Komet does. I really There it is. Oh, man. There, if, there you go. go. You can go nut now. <laughs> well, and I, you know, I will but say I'm that. Kendall Vilder, watch out for that kid. I really like his game. He's a physical, smaller guy, but he's a physical corner. I think he'll be all right. I just, I don't see him contributing this season, Kendall Wilder. I think, I think, you know, Jalen Johnson could be a day one starter. I think Komet basically is, is a 
day one starter. I'm interested to see Gibson though, because just because of the the depth piece he could add if he if he can come right off the bench and like add some pass rush ability, you know, I'd, I'd like to see yeah. how he he pans out. I mean, if we actually had like a rotational pass rusher like out like Aaron Lynch was supposed to be, like that that would be sweet. You know. Well, plus we're injecting these this young talent into a defense where the coach actually coaches from the sideline, right? Like that, you can't underestimate that. Oh God, no! Yeah. It's... <laughs> What's up for Darnell Mooney too? The kid's fast. He is fast, but I also I, he's another guy I don't see cracking the the the. I mean, I think he'll be on the roster, but I don't see him. I don't see he's him making a huge. Very small. That's the only knock on him. He's just a very little guy, like frame wise. So is Chandler Gabriel. Uh. She's very scrawny. Right. That, that, I, I, I think that's, that's, that's a continued thing I keep hearing is like just I think he's fast. No muscle mass is what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. Well, he's going to have to, you know, he's, he's going to have to build that. But I just don't see him being a big contributor this year. I, I think that I think Wims at this point, I think Wims is probably going to be cut. Really? Um, yeah, I just don't see it because I think mm-hmm. I think that you're gonna end up keeping more tight ends, um, you know, and I they just don't go Wims because I think I think Wims is the perfect backup. It also depends who wins the quarterback position because the the starting job because I think Wims uh, Wims and Robinson give you two big targets and a, a quarterback like Mitch that, that struggled with accuracy could use those kind of receivers with a good catch radius. I mean, putting small guys out with Mitch isn't really, hasn't proven to be too effective. And like Williams is a pretty tall dude. Um, he's also, he's also the putting receivers body, the body. Uh, well, it depends. It depends who, who wins the quarterback battle. If putting receivers out in a right pattern, now. Is trouble for Mitch. I, I understand, but like I think I think Wims. What other receiver physically gives you a similar body style, body size to to Robinson as a backup? Like Wims is that frame. Like when I when I no, first saw Wims, I, like, okay, I, I don't. We, like we might have an Alshon replacement. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right, like but. No, he doesn't have the hands of Alshon at all. Uh, I no. think he has. He does I think, not. Get, I think no, he, he does not have the hands. Alshon had great Man. hands. Alshon was catching real high velocity passes from Jay. Like, Nobody's seen high velocity passes from. Uh, anyway, I'm not gonna get. We had. When's the last <laughs> time these guys have seen high velocity passes? To, to I'm even, saying like, Alshon was catching them. I think it's very tough to to evaluate our wide receiver group with the quarterback play we've had the last couple of years. I agree. I just I think totally that Limbs is a seventh round pick. He's just he's not gonna. There's just not enough room on the roster. I mean, somebody has to go. Like, you know, Thomas Ives can't go. Well, that's what I mean. Ives is gone. I'm not talking about Ives. <laughs> I, I'm just saying. No, I just had to get that in there. <laughs> right. 
But Rappaport said details are still emerging about the NFL NFLPA deal. There's a temporary IR for COVID positive player and placement is immediate. His return is subject to medical clearance. A team may move up a practice squad player to replace him, then return that player to practice squad without waivers. So I, I feel like they're going to, you know, they're going to, and then he followed up by saying the injured, this injured reserve is unlimited and allows a desired and necessary roster flexibility. So I feel like there is going to be some practice squad expansion and, and they're going to be protected. Um, you know, which is good. I mean, so how, how do you see that room panning out though? So you got era whims, Miller, Ridley, Patterson, Ginn. Ginn is making the roster. Ginn. You're talking about hands, and then you're going to bring up – do you think Ginn's got better hands? Than, Nagy spent than, all yeah. – Nagy and Furry spent all offseason recruiting this guy. They didn't do that to, to bring him in and cut it. Because like, everybody was knocking his door down, right? He would have gotten a job. He's going to get a job somewhere. This, I mean, he's not making a ton of money. Ohio like, State was a long time ago. I know he's older than time, but I'm telling you, he's making the roster. He didn't come here to get cut, especially with no damn practices, no preseason. He's coming. He's he's making the roster. It's gonna be Miller. It's it's gonna be a Rob. It's gonna be Ginn, and it's gonna be Ridley, and probably Mooney. Ridley and Cordero Patterson. That's yeah, it. it'd be interesting. You could actually, yeah, you could put, uh, you could actually put Patterson in as a. It'd be interesting to see where the, the you could fit him in at running back too, as far as depth. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he's versatile. That's what right. You roster. could hide him he's somewhere smart. else on the roster, right? He's he's everything. He's everything. All those draft picks that are best weren't. Yeah, right. including Kevin White. He was not versatile. He could Kevin White could have taken a similar path. As Corderell. He could have contributed on special teams. I understand what you're saying. I'd just like to see. I think Wims has a lot to offer. I, I, think I don't think he does. He was on the field for 40% of the offensive snaps this year. He did dick with it. Like, well, I mean, he, he you know. Because we had a quarterback spreading the ball out so well, right? No, but you would expect to, like, maybe just to accidentally catch a pass or two. Like, you have to be that, five yards from where you're supposed to be to catch a pass with Mitch sometimes. I agree. I'm just saying, like, I don't, like, it, I didn't see anything that jumped off the screen with him this year except for when he was offsides. Can you go back to that, the, his first preseason game where he just, like, people were just, like, had washcloths after they saw him? Yeah, like, I don't, I'm done with the preseason <laughs> fucking cum tributes. I know what's going to happen. This man, no preseason games. Nobody's going to be able to get there. It's awesome. I'm so fucking happy for it. Like, I don't want to hear about any of that shit. No more, you know, like, no more. And I, you know, I was as guilty as anyone, but no more jack off videos. We'll see all you guys in September because we'll have nothing to talk about. (laughs) Oh, there's always shit to talk about. You know, the one thing that not having the preseason's got me thinking about. They're going. The NFL's going in raw with this whole the travel Ooh. thing and the whole. I like how you said that. They are. They're going in raw. Raw dog. Without a bag. No bags. I mean, with the whole traveling situation, going from city to city. Do you think it would have been a good idea to have the preseason game just for those protocols? Well, just there's to get them ready. 
They're say yes, I do, and they're saying that they are give they have given them permission to do uh, an event. Uh, you know, not with fans, but they're I believe they are going to do an inter squad scrimmage at their stadium to kind of just just to go through the machinations of game day. Right. Because especially for all the rookies and new people and whatever, that's important. You know, I mean, just just feeling comfortable with how all that goes when you're actually in Soldier Field and and whatever. So I think they are going to do that. Obviously, I don't think there's going to be any fans in attendance for that. There's probably not going to be any fans in attendance in Soldier Field all season. Are we getting field uh, turf yet, or are they just might as well stick at Hallis where they probably have better turf? No, they have grass. They have they have field turf inside the 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 Peyton Walter Payton Center. Center. I'm talking about turf in general. Right. No, they're not. It's still still Parks Department. I mean, it's better, but I'm gonna. I still and you know this might be the best we ever see the field. Well, it's gonna be interesting though because now the fire are sharing the stadium. Mm-hmm. So that worries me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. Mud. Uh, you know, it's uh, it, it's it's worrisome. So we'll see what happens with that. I mean, they've actually gotten this regime. I think has gotten lucky with weather, but I think they've done well getting the turf monster under control more than a lot of other previous regimes. Mm-hmm. Um, Just think about how many events Soldier Fields. That would hold through the summertime. Uh, me and A heard all about him from uh, what was the hell was that firefighter's name? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Was it Vinny? No, I'm, I'm embarrassed. Hey, who's the dope boy? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, the, the the tour guide for this. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's those events are migrations here. They had NASCAR races. They had ski jumps. <laughs> yeah, man. People used to sit on top of the columns. <laughs> uh, they sold so- sausages out of the back of their trunks. <laughs> so they had the... Yeah, uh, I mean... With- with the with the not as many events happening, hopefully the field is actually in decent shape this year. Hopefully, but again, they're playing soccer games on it. <laughs> That's true, but they would be holding those soccer games anyway, right? If not, Somebody, they have you know they do have those friendlies and whatnot, but it's not. I don't think it's as many as I don't know. I mean, maybe less events as when it comes down to it. I mean, you know, it, it, I don't know. We'll see. So you had Johns and Fishbane kind of did a counterpoint articles on the athletic. It, why is it okay to be optimistic about the Bears in 2020? For, Johns wrote that one, and some of his points brought up is the defense still wins, um, expanded playoffs, wide open division, a youth movement, and culture still counts. So what do you, do you guys have any optimism of why why we should be optimistic? I have to. I mean, the defense. I definitely agree with. There are some concerns. That is not the question, Jerry. Am I optimistic is, for the defense? Yes. The kind of questions. The question is why are we optimistic? The next question is why are we concerned? Yes. 
I am optimistic about the defense. I'm optimistic about Robert Quinn. I'm optimistic about um, the secondary playing much better because of the pass rush playing better. Um, I'm optimistic about Roquan playing a full season. Um, you know, um, all of that. I'm optimistic about Damon Montgomery. I think he's gonna gonna have a very good second season. Same here. Uh, I am optimistic about the additions of Ifedi and Spriggs, even though that may be naive. I think they are actually they are actually upgrades to what we had before. Uh, I think it wouldn't be hard to be an upgrade over Coward. Um, yeah, I think they're going to also also push Bars to be better too. Don't. Yeah, that, that practice squad Bars okay. needs to be pushing pushing from the practice squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, the no, I so I'm, I'm I'm optimistic about the offensive line. I think the offensive line will be better. Um, I think that's one of the things that's going to help our team actually with this situation is that most of them have been together and played on the field together already. Well, so, Clement and Graham, I, I'm not well. I think our, as a whole, the tight end group has gotten better, which is yeah, the an important end. part of this offense. The tight ends are better. I think I think the safety position is better. Uh, Tayshawn Gibson, I think, is a better safety than than Haha was for for what he's gonna. I think even though he's kind of a free safety as well, I think he's he's a better tackler, and I think he's gonna fit better and let Eddie do what he needs to do. Um, I feel well, this, with with the, the addition of Quinn, though, I think it, it makes all our defensive backs better. Yeah. I agree, but but you have to say that I think that the the tight end position has been massively upgraded. Yeah. You know, you say what you want about Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham is better than I mean anybody would be better. Any professional tight end would be better than the group they had last year, which was like Graham's consistently most- available and he's solid. So yes, right. he's better. <laughs> and and Foles is better than Chase Daniel. So. You know, did they make a bunch of massive upgrades on the offensive side of the ball? Absolutely not. But they did upgrade at a number of positions of need, and those being offensive line, tight end, and quarterback. Who knows? Maybe Mitch finally just blossoms in front of our eyes. Is it that? Yep. Who knows? (laughs) Blossoms. But yeah, so, so I, that's why I would be optimistic, um, for sure. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to get too high on that. I, I, again, we've said this many times. You just score 24 points a game, and they were great. That would be amazing. You know, it's funny the one group you didn't mention was special teams. You know, I think we I kind of talked about that earlier. It's like that special teams void is real. It used to be a weapon for us, and right now it's really it's not. Well, and I and I think uh, I think the coaching sucks on that side of the ball, and I think Cleveland. That, yeah, <laughs> the rule of Cleveland. Uh, and I think that I think Nagy has like fucking kicker PTSD. Mm-hmm. You know, possibly. I mean, because it's all, it's really like pick your poison. With regard to trust Mitch, trust Eddie for for 
for Nagy. He doesn't want either. He doesn't want to do either. Okay. I mean, remember the, you know, what was it, the, the San Diego game where they, you know, he didn't think about, he didn't think about kicking and then he, you know, lectured the media and watching the Colts game and, right. and all that crap. And he, you know, didn't think about running the ball, didn't think about passing, like, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, well, you also didn't think about asking your kicker what hash you wanted it on. Things like that. Like, I just, I, I feel like Nagy thinks everything is going to work. And when it doesn't start to work, his head just starts spinning and he can't keep up with everything. And, and it all just gets way too fast for him. And he's trying, he's trying so desperately to get his shit to work, you know, like it's just, and that's, that's the, and then so other things start slipping away from him. Um, Hopefully he brought the coaches in to check him on that though. But well, and I'd say I, I am okay. That's a good thing you brought up. I think I am optimistic about the coaching staff hires. But it's all new coaches too, so that sometimes there's a step back before you step forward with that. Like we, there was a fall off defense with Pagano. Granted, there were injuries, but it was also it was different. It was different than a Vic, Vic coached defense. Yeah, I, I, I'd like to know, and I don't know if this is, you know, if we'll ever know, but I don't know how much I'd put uh, the fall off on Pagano. I, mean, I don't know, man. We saw some of those. We saw the the second unit come in under Vic and just light it up, and those guys, when they stepped in last year, weren't – there was didn't seem as much fire going on on that defense from the backups. We, I mean, we watched backups going last – the year prior when Vic was here, and I was like, oh, shit, we're, we're stacked. Right, but that was also about confidence. I mean, those guys were were got got really lucky and got a ton of turnovers, got scored a lot of points, got rolling, got hot. Khalil Mack was doing his thing, like you know, I mean, it like it, they they were rolling. They were they had this unflappable confidence about them, and you know, they even were confident in Mitch at times, believe it or not. And last year, I just don't think there was any confidence in anything. And then, you know, and it, you, this can't be understated, but you lose a guy like Akeem Hicks, and mm-hmm. that's the heart and soul of your defense. That is the heart and fucking soul of your defense. And that's no small You person. lose him, then it, Eddie Goldman becomes less, you know, right. because they can focus more on him, and then right. it's and a then, trickle effect. Right. And... So I don't know. I don't. I, I put very little of of the defensive regression, which wasn't that stark. I mean, they were still top five in in scoring and top ten in yards given up. Uh, I know. I don't know. I I don't give a shit about DVOA, but you, you were gonna have a regression uh, if Vic was here anyway. You can't just, right. you can't stack two seasons like that. There's no way. No, it just wasn't gonna happen. So I don't know how much I would put on Pagano, um, but. Yeah, it wasn't historic. Right. Uh, but they also, the, you know, what I want to see is an offense that at least gives the 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 defense a break every now and then, and then sometimes lets them play with the lead. Because if this defense has a lead and they can let Robert Quinn and and 
Akeem Hicks and Khalil do their thing, it's going to be nasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roy Robb is going to be good. Bilal looks really good. Uh, you know, no, no, uh, no weird posts necessary to see that. Um, but he's been he's been working his ass off and. Uh, the you know. thirst, the thirst of some fans. I saw somebody post something. I'm like, can you jump out of pools? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, but whatever. Bilal's looking good. He's looking, he's looking ready to go. Yeah, we um, thought that last off season too. Yeah, but he hurt his hand. I mean, and mm-hmm. he was playing with the club and, mm-hmm. and and whatever. But he he looked good in the first season, and I think that was set to be a pace. Uh, yeah, plus, I like Bilal. Uh, I like, like pictures of players in pools. I'm good with all that bullshit. And people get hyped over the dumbest shit. Look at him. He's only 2% body fat. Oh. I'm just tired of the hype. I'm just tired of Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, nothing, it's nothing but hype. I mean, you know, right. that's that's what it is. And they're going to sell it to been, us. Fish Crane came out of the fire, though. His first question is... On his counter argument about why should we be concerned for the, about the Bears in 2020, which version of the wannabe Chiefs shows up in 2020? That was the first question in his article. Wow. And how much confidence can there be in the quarterback position? Uh, QB competition was zero preseason games just based off of training and practice. And, and you know, there, there were times where we had the Tressman remarks where it was like we practice well all week. It's like that. What are we gonna get in this training camp? Like, it, we're gonna get their spin on what's happening. Like, are the reporters even gonna be able to go in and tell us what's happening? No, they're not, because every single practice is gonna get treated like a closed practice. Yep. And and you remember the open practices, the reporters were able to talk about what happened, and it was all negative about Mitch. And in the closed practices, they weren't able to say anything and give specifics, but it would leak out that. It doesn't look so good. Right. So right. And, and that's Fishman was saying the lack of OTAs, minicamp, and preseason games means it's likely going to take the the regular season to figure out who ultimately wins this quarterback competition. Which it's, well, it's that's, good. that's my biggest fear is that we have two backups. Yeah, we've been saying that. I mean Yep. The Madden ratings say it. <laughs> <laughs> And are the Bears actually better at the skilled positions? That was another question he brought up. Is Nagy putting too much faith in Juan Castillo? Can the defense be dominant enough to make up I worry question marks on a, offense? Sorry, there, there's a piece of the defense that I worry about, and that's the inside linebacker depth. Yep. Because Trevathan's not played a full season very often, maybe once or twice. You know, you had... Uh, Roquan had his issues last year. I think Roquan. You lost Kevin Pierre. You lost KPL, and you lost Quit. So who's back there? Is EA Booneyway and Josh Woods? Josh Woods. And Arcavius Mingo. He's really more of a special teams guy, but you know, listen. Last year at this time, nobody thought Quit was anything. Everybody was raving sure. up on Kwiatkowski, so I, I let's was, not. I was high on Quit in the preseason. You were shitting all over him. Okay, you were one of the few. 
people people have been ready to to, to throw quite I just saw a lot of improvement from him. When? But in the preseason, he was when? playing well. Okay. In the games. Uh, okay, fine. But most people were ready to, to give up on Kwiatkowski. I wanted to move him outside. Many times people were just like, whatever this guy, you know, what's, you know, they had plenty bad to say about him because he had a shot before and he got demoted. So my point is just that nobody thought, Kevin, nobody thought Kevin Pierre Lewis was going to be even make the roster. So I, we just have to hope that we're pleasantly surprised, I guess. I, I don't, I don't love what I've seen from, from Iggy. And what have we seen from Josh Woods? Nothing. Uh, Isaiah Irving is not an inside. Josh the one doing the tie-dye shirts, right? Yeah. yeah that's okay, him. so we've seen that. I mean, he's definitely, he definitely you know, uh, it seems like he's been working a little more, less driving around and singing songs. You know, Let's show him walking in before the games. He has stuff to say. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's another guy. He's undersized. He's a, he, he was like a... Converted safety at Maryland, right? Like, yep. but he doesn't even have great size for a safety. Like, yeah, he's so. We'll see. Um, I, I think Roquan's good to go. I think Roquan will play all 16 games. You know, you have to worry about Danny and his health, though. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's absolutely a, a, a question that's, mark depth. That's a big question mark for me there. And then you just wonder which. Offensive line is going to show up. If it'll be the crappy one from this past year, if they made improvements, will F. Eddie pan out? Will Spriggs possibly take that spot? You, I think just, I think it really depends like, who the quarterback's going to be. Because I think I think if it's Foles, you're going to see Daniels at center. I think because you're actually going to get that help you need from the quarterback where he's he can call some things too and change things up where Whitehair had to compensate for Mitch's lack of knowledge and like put Cody back at guard I think it, it's the offensive line definitely hinges on who, who's picked as a starter for, at quarterback I'm hoping that now everybody will be on the same page and it's a good page I think there was a lot of um, opposite pulling on opposite ends of the same rope uh, with he sand and Nagy, you know. Um, yeah, but it's just the you, it's gonna be interesting to see because if they don't have a starter picked out right now, the offensive line is gonna have to block differently for these two guys. Like Mitch bails out quick, he wants to extend plays. Foles is a statue in the pocket. It's a different. They, they have know, to get I a five down Foles statue. I think Foles slides and steps up well. Mitch Mitch he's Bales. Sta- on- he's staying in the pocket, is what I'm saying. It's but but he also. Yeah, and I know you're not trying to defend Mitch, but I'm just saying like Mitch bails out of perfectly good pockets. Yes, he bails out too quick. What that's what I'm saying. So like I hope they get this under wraps soon. Who's going to be the starter so the offensive line can be can start gelling and be familiar with who their their starter is going to be. Yeah, I, I also personally don't think that Whitehair is is not going to be center. I think he's going to stay at center. So I think if Foles was the pick guy, I think Daniels would would get start at center. I just feel like that's too many moving parts, though. Like if they if they're really having a quarterback battle and you don't know, then you then you have to switch back. Like I just don't see them 
switching back. I mean, we'll see. We'll see whose idea it was um, for for Daniels to be the center. Um, because you know, if, if it was he stands idea, then you know maybe that's why he's gone because it didn't work out. Um, I just think with Castillo, you have a guy who's not going to question Nagy at all, and I think he stand was a guy that maybe, you know, behind closed doors, you know, just when only his guys could hear, he might, you know, he might be like, yeah, I know he's telling you this, but let's do this. You know what I mean? Or like, I know better, you know, blah, 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 maybe. I don't know. Um, So I just think, you know, at least Spriggs and Ifedi are guys who are professional offensive linemen who have done it fairly successfully in the league. They're not weird projects, and that's what you know. That's what we've had the last couple seasons. You know, Bars is just, better than Spriggs, man. I'm telling you. Bars not playing in the league. He is. Right. He is not a player in the league. So you can't say that he's better. I'm writing that down. Not a player in the league. I like that. He's not. Okay. How many snaps did he play in the league last year? Okay. Couldn't beat out Rashad Coward. Right. Correct. And so, now you got an IU boy in there that's just going to take him out. So Who? Spriggs is from IU. Oh, snap. Another? Yeah, now you got to learn how to play offensive line by a real Offensive line. Yeah, boy. A real offensive line factory, yeah. Yeah. You're right. Uh, The other thing I would say, and I'm not sure this is an article, but but the flip side of the the coaching hire coin is that it's not, you know, it's a bunch of guys from the the unemployment line. It's not like we went out and got the hot guy, (laughs) you know. Right. At one point, used to be the hot guy. Laser, no. Castillo, no. Like, these are not, you know, these are just Nagy's boys. Hey. Which is fine. And, and uh, Will, Ill Will 79 put up the clip from, uh, from, from Foles on a podcast um, that he did where he talks about, you know, basically like a trust level that he has with Nagy. And he talks about how when he got to the Rams, they basically told him, yeah, like, hey, you know, that Chip Kelly crap that you did, that's not real football. We're not going to be doing any of that. And they felt like he felt like it was, you know, well, hell, what the hell am I going to do? And he never really got going there. Um, whereas now, you know, he, he trusts, trusts these guys, you know, brought up Peterson, you know, Nagy, et cetera, Reed. Yeah, and he sounds, he sounds like a guy who feels like this is his job. Like, he... So I just think. You think he sounds really confident? He sounds extremely confident. He's he's not he's not making any excuses because the way that he looks at it is he was injured last year. It wasn't like to him he didn't play bad. He didn't have all season and play bad. He was injured. Okay, so that's not how he feels. All right, can You're you give us, a, give us the name of the podcast, though? The name of the podcast? Yeah, hold on. Um, um, I can't remember what it's called. 
I mean, it's not a football podcast. It's like it's a, like a moving mountains or some shit. Of course, it's gonna sound encouraging and uplifting and. Yeah, but it. But I thought he gave some 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 very like, you know, pretty straightforward football talk too. Like I was surprised. I didn't go out of my way to listen to it, to be honest, because, like, I felt like. Yeah, what's this going to be? You know what I mean? Like, especially after you hear that Chase Daniel thing where he's basically, like, you know, uh, selling a coffee machine for an hour and talking about his dogs or whatever. But, like, you know, I, I mission know. of tr- Mission of truth. Yeah, it's like, it's like yeah. you know, it's, I think it's like, it's faith-based to some degree because Nick is all about his faith mm-hmm. whatnot. I'm just saying, like, he's not the one who has something to prove here. Mitch is. Mitch is the one that needed the preseason games to prove something, not Foles. I think Foles needs to prove he can play more than eight games in the last five years in a single season. statue in front of the Eagles stadium. That's that's cool. How long goes that? Trophy. (laughs) Foles, Foles is not worried about any of that shit. Okay. I'm just saying, I don't think he has anything to prove. Like, I think he comes in as... Can he play a whole season consistently without getting hurt? I don't know. Something something you could prove. Okay, but I'm just saying I don't feel that he has to come in and prove anything. Whereas I I, I have to look, but has he played 16 games in the last five years? Has Mitch? 16 games, yeah. No, he has not. Mitch hasn't played 16 games in the last four seasons? He's talking total. Oh, I'm talking total starts, bro. <laughs> yes, he has. I don't think Foles has. Well, yeah, you're right. I mean, but I, I, know, I, I could be I could be undershooting that, but it's, yeah, it was I like mean, I'm seven not, starts is the most he's had in a season in the last four years. Right. So he has something to prove. Can stay upright. Okay, fair. I was just looking at my Facebook memories. I was at Bourbon A this time last year, or two years ago. Yeah. No. Oh. You put, put together a video of Bourbon A with, like, had a bad day in the background? Watching, uh, watching Mitch stink. Sweating our balls off. Remember that? Yes. It was hot. It's, just, it, it's kind of crazy because we were talking about when they first took it out of Bourbon A and the impact it would have. But, like, even if they had it in Bourbon A this year, it would... Yeah. It's just crazy how quick things have changed. Well, I remember how many people showed up to Bourbon A? Dude, it was packed. It was insane. It was we got there line. at five. There was a line, <laughs> like a quarter of a mile long, to line up to get into the place. Mm-hmm. Worse than the 100 year? No, not worse than that. Okay. No, no, that was like. I don't know. The one day I was there, it was pretty fucking long. That hundred year line was like nothing I've ever seen. <laughs> to the town line and shit. Yeah. Like that the that line was bigger than the entire town of Rosemont. <laughs> like, like I mean I've never It was pretty insane. I've never seen anything like that. And it wasn't it was it was definitely toasty that day too. Yep. Yeah, it was. I don't know. I mean, it's all for it's all fucking talk. We'll see what happens. I just hope that they actually like let the comp, let the the best person get the job. But I just have a hard time feeling like if Mitch wins, it, it means that he's really better than Foles. 
I think from a team aspect, though, I think we're 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 in a good position. We we got we kind of surprised people playing a last place schedule. We exceeded expectations. We had a we had a good run, right? And then the reality hit. We had a first place schedule. We kind of got kind of got humbled in a sense last season. So now it's just a good balance. So like the, we the team knows there's talent. Nagy knows there's talent. And now we understand what a not great season is, and we understand the highs and the lows, and now we can just come out and stay focused. And I, I think this this is a good football team. It's just a matter of really can consistent quarterback play. We need, unfortunately, it's not exciting, but like we're back to that point as Bears fans where we just need a game manager because our defense is so good. And I think Foles gives us a better opportunity to do that, to step right in without live reps. He, he can handle that. I just wonder if he can stay healthy. We may end up saying a mix at quarterback, and I'm hoping Mitch can, even if it's coming in as a backup, I'm hoping he can take that next step. Because maybe maybe him starting the season as a backup is more even even a gut punch, and and more fire under his ass that if Foles does go down, he can come and step in. You know, maybe that's what he needs in his career to boost himself. So right. Well, I can't remember how did it go. How did it? it Tannehill. Tannehill came in as a mid season acquisition, right? He wasn't even on the team at the beginning of the year with Tennessee, was he, or did he come in? I came like, in a couple games I, and I have I feel to like Mariota, I feel like Mariota started the season, right? I thought he did, yeah. So it's interesting to to compare that. You know what I mean? Without having to leave the team. So it may that that might have to what has to take place for that to happen? Whatever it takes, if we can get the best out of Mitch, good. If that, but I, I just if we can get better, just consistent quarterback play, we're, we should be in a pretty damn good position come playoff time. I think the biggest question to me though is: Is Nagy going to change his offense and his play call style to to suit his team? Yes, and to be more conservative in order to to stay on the fucking field, you know? Like well, I think that's what you got with these coaching changes really because these are guys that he trusts, guys that have done it on the NFL level. Um especially the offensive coordinator, he has NFL experience, he's not just coming in from college. So these these are guys that can actually I think that he can rely like lean on. And also give him the feedback he needs to do to do exactly what you're saying. Right. Well, and, I, and then Laser said that he was, you know, at least yeah, he said that he was surprised how open Nagy seemed to be to change the offense. So what I'm hoping is, you know, what I hoped last year, which was similar to what the Vikings did. And unfortunately, that's also DeFlippo, so we'll see what happens. But they they got rid of everybody. They said, you know what, like we can, Kirk Cousins is fine, but he can't be throwing the ball 45, 50 times a game for us to win. You know, and Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback than Mitch. I think Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback than Foles. Yeah, I, I was just thrown off by this full court press of Mitch this offseason where look at Mitch practice and look at Mitch with the experts. Look at Mitch. It's like, whoa. What if it, we, what we can't vote on this shit. It's up to the coaches. Like, we don't need it sold to us. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I just, I, have a I, th- I, I think that. Go I, ahead, I man. Just, Sorry. No. 
Chair, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was like, it's it's up. To, it's his. It's either now or never. It's, I think that's where we're all at. It's now or never, kid. And it may be never. Well, all I know is that if Foles wins the job, and nobody should be expecting some revelation at quarterback. Like, it, it should not be like – and I am not expecting that. If Foles wins the job, I am not expecting, like, you know, a Joe Montana to step back there. I'm ex- just expecting a guy who can make first downs on third down when it's needed can hit open receivers and can stretch the defense and make the defense play us honest and then also make the right calls of whether it's a run or a pass when that's the option and move the protection or just be a professional quarterback. That's all I expect. But I think Foles is going to be a roller coaster as well. Foles is going to throw some bad picks because Foles throws the ball where the ball's supposed to go. And if the receiver's not there, it gets picked off. You know, and a lot of people would love to say, oh, Foles just throws up these ducks. It's like, no, he's throwing the ball where the ball's supposed to go. And either he may not have the most prolific arm of all time, but that's the one thing he does is he will stand in there, throw the ball where it's supposed to go. Unfortunately, sometimes he takes hits. And then, unfortunately, if the guys are not where they're supposed to be, the ball can get picked off, too. True. Whereas Mitch is too, too smart for his own good, or he thinks so. And, you know... I mean, the worst thing that ever happened to him was that he became so good at running. Mitch has more physical attributes and projects to have more of a ceiling than Foles. Foles is the kind of guy that is going to – he mirrors the talent around him. Right. So if the talent around him steps up, he can can flow right with that. But he's he's only – Let's, and, and I think that, you know, an upgrade at tight end is going to help either quarterback. Yep. Quickly. Mitch made Mitch made uh, Trey Burton look pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was rolling just fine before Burton got hurt. That was good. I mean, yeah. we're good to go. If, if, Burton, if Burton and Jackson play in that playoff game, we're not talking about Parkey at all. There you all go. Right. <laughs> like, you know... Like, you know, that's that's just a reality. And everything's different. I mean, yeah. I was talking about the other day, if, if Mitch hits Anthony Miller uh, before the parky kick, everything is different about everything right now. They, 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 they probably ride that all the way to the Super Bowl. Or, at the very least, the narrative about Mitch is completely different. If he hits I that mean, pass, even when, when Mitch had Zach Miller, he, they, they, they connected a little bit, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I'm hopeful for that. Um, and I and I, I do put some stock. I mean, I heard Riddick talking about, you know, because they were asking him, you know, Waddle and Silver were asking him why is so, so much negative stuff nationally on the Bears. And he's like, you know, he's like, well, there's people – people have a lot of time on their hands. And he's like, I'll tell you what, the players have a lot of time on their hands to listen to it. He's like, more, more than any other year – players are sitting around listening and you see them on social media talking crap to each other, you know, chirping mm-hmm. back and forth about this and that they're reading this. And, and I think there's a lot of proud guys on this team, Kareel Mack, Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman, you know, a lot of defensive guys are like, you know, okay, keep sleeping on this, you know, like keep, keep, keep predicting this, that, 
you know, I, I, I think that, I think that matters. Right. I mean, I don't know. We talked about it, but they put out that, you know, that thing where uh, they did a projection on the bears three years out as a, as an organization. And previously they were 11th ESPN did this. It was on ESPN plus this year. They were 31st wow. as far as the projection and they rated organization talent and quarterback basically, you know, and it, it, it wasn't good. Like the scores, um, you know, they, they definitely, but, the, but, but the main thing that you come away with is basically just saying that if the quarterback improves, then, you know, then it's, then it's a game changer. I mean, you know, basically biggest worry, many things are in place, solid coaching staff, strong defense, improved skill position players, an O-line that has some good pieces to improve. But the quarterback competition will decide the fate of this franchise, both short and long term. This is Riddick talking. I happen to believe that it has to be Foles time in Windy City, in the Windy City, or there could be major changes on the horizon. Um, so, you know, they gave... The overall roster, they gave a score of 74.8, which is 20th in the league. Quarterback, 31st in the league. Coaching, 22nd in the league. Draft, 32nd in the league. Front office, 30th in the league. Yeah, people actually believe Riddick's like a mouthpiece for Nagy, which is just, to me, kind of insane. But. No, I mean, I don't think he is. I think he. I think Riddick has a lot of connections. I think Nagy is one of them. Um, I do think that he talks to Nagy, and I think that sometimes things that Nagy says come out through Riddick, but I don't think he's got an ulterior motive. Right. I mean, that's the kind of thing that, that if it was found out, would travel like wildfire in the back channels, and both of them would look real stupid. Right. You know. Um, but, it is, you know, it just goes to show you, like, last, you know, last year everybody was telling us that Mitch was going to take the next step, and this year it's like, you know, it's all over for him. Well, how often do guys in, in their this point in their career actually turn it around? Well, how many times do they go and get their shoulder magically fixed? True. Mm-hmm. You shoulder that wasn't off. even hurt. That's well, it wasn't. It's leveled out now. Oh Rob. my god, so unbalanced. True. <laughs> So what do you guys think about, okay, I got to ask you, the current sports at hand, mm-hmm. what do you think about baseball? What do you think? sports back, man. Uh, I mean, How I've do been, you think I've they're doing enjoying it? it. I, I've been enjoying it. Um, I, I, I have been watching the White Sox games. Uh, I've enjoyed having. You've been watching the White I couldn't tell from your Twitter feed ever. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, what's up with that? I'm bored. I want. I'm, I'm bored. <laughs> I'm bored. <laughs> I have no job. I'm bored. I was up with the red, white, and blue socks hat though. That can be easily misunderstood for a championship team out of Boston. Oh, the red, white, and blue Red Sox. There's no blue in the Red Sox shit. Yeah, there is. When their hats are navy blue. Yeah. If you know anything about baseball, you would recognize these hats as being the uniform that the White Sox have worn since the 80s. Hey. Hey. Same color as my socks. 
Just saying. Well, it doesn't look anything like a Red Sox hat. <laughs> so Sox, I made it look like a Red Sox hat, though, on Twitter. You really did. That was amazing. Yeah, you like that? <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Um, how, do you, how do you jump from the Yankees to the White Sox? So how do you do that? I don't do that. I've always rooted for the White Sox, too. Oh. Okay. Always? I mean, back to Ray Durham and Frank Thomas and, you know, the those Robin older teams, sure. Robin Ventura. Getting his I ass whooped by a 40-year-old man on the mound. Yeah. And and guess what? I'm fucking bored. I'm, I want to root for a team <laughs> that I actually can follow. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, like – like it's it's okay, you know. What I mean? Like, how do you watch a new show on Netflix? You fucking turn it on and you watch it. Like, it's not it's not like I have to go into some room and do some rite of passage and let blood and like fucking you know <laughs> go and like you know, like answer a quiz or like whatever. I can root for whatever fucking team I want. I'll root for the Mets tomorrow. Uh, the next day yeah. I'll root for fucking you know uh, Manchester United. It doesn't fucking matter. Like, like, I just, I don't get why people get so fucking bent out of shape about, like, people rooting for teams. I root for the Cubs tomorrow. I root for the White Sox the next day. Never like, root, I'm gonna root for the. I'm going to root for Cam Newton and the Patriots this year. Because I want to We just need, we need to pull the plug. Yeah, we need to pull the plug. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> no, right it was just, the reason I brought it up is because, you know, they're piping in the sound. They're doing the remote uh, play-by-play is it's it's really weird, but it's it's good to see it back. You know, like I was listening to it on the radio, and the piped-in sound is a lot different than what you probably see on TV. It, it's weird. It's, it's not timely. It's yeah. It's just kind of like I was a, just glad to see some sense of normalcy though, and have sports <laughs> back on my TV that's being played live. The basketball, the baseball, it's just nice to have something yeah, back in the in the realm right. of normalcy. Because it feels like something is happening that has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Because to me, the hardest part about all of this is doesn't it feel like we've been in fucking stasis for four months? Like yes. that, that it feels like the future is just not a thing anymore? It's been a long it's, year. It's just been the present, like we're just spinning our wheels and we don't know, and the, and the future is completely an unknown. So at least with baseball, it's the beginning, a middle, and an end. Even basketball uh, being back, you know? Yeah, whatever, whatever sports. I mean, people have been watching, uh, you know, have been watching golf. They've been watching uh, Premier League soccer. And, and hey, I'm not mad at you. One less Yankee fan makes the world a better place. Uh, yeah, I'm great. You know? <laughs> I just, I, to me, I, I, it bothers me because I've seen a lot of people don't understand how you could root for the Cubs and the White Sox. Like, it's like, quit this tribalism meathead bullshit. Like, like well, I get that. How do you root for the Yankees and the Mets? It's the same thing. You, who fucking cares? Why don't you root for New York? Like, it's, you know it's different. You know there's different <laughs> parts of the city, <laughs> south and north, and and bullshit. Honestly, I think it's meathead bullshit. Yeah. Uh, I just find it interesting that with the Sox, what what drew you to the White Sox this year? Well, they number one, they have a lot of exciting players. They got Eloy Jimenez, who's who's who had a great season last year. They got Lewis Robert, who you know looks like a stud. Um, Yoan Moncada was a huge pickup. 
Uh, Dylan Cease looks like a good, you know, good player. They just, they just have a lot of exciting players. Um, you know, I just, I've always liked American League Baseball. I don't like National League Baseball. I hate watching pitchers hit. Well, they're not doing that this year. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, I've always had a soft spot in my uh, for the White Sox, going back to Frank Thomas, going back to Michael Jordan playing for the White Sox, going back to, you know, I mean, fucking Field of Dreams. I mean, the White Sox are, you know, they're just, yeah. they're one of those teams, um, you know, that, that just has like a kind of an appeal to me. So the eight men out story got you to like the team. Absolutely, the eight-man out story. Yep. Yep. Exactly. I just, find, I just find it interesting the way that it's being broadcast, and it's cool to see it back. And, I mean, two out of three ain't bad. Cardinals put two out of three on the Pirates. I'm a happy camper. The sound, the, the, the crowd noise to me doesn't bother me. Um, I honestly think it could be a little bit louder. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those, like, baseball is a game you have on in the background sometimes, unless something really exciting happens, you run to the TV. So to hear the sound, the crowd sound piped in, not everybody watches every single pitch and hangs on it. Right. Especially at bars and stuff, it gives you, well, I don't know how many bars are open, but the outdoor bars, if they have the TVs, it's just in the background, it sounds like the fans, I get what they're trying to do. It doesn't it's bother not, me that It's bad. not done for the broadcast, though. It is being played live in the stadiums. Yeah, it's it, wild. It's done for the players. It's done for a couple of reasons. One, it's to mask some of the, potentially some of the cursing that you might mm. need. It's also done because you do need to be able to talk to each other on a baseball field and not have everybody hear it. Um you know, I mean, they were even talking to John Lester the other day about where they worried about the umpires hearing everything he says because John Lester's a guy that likes to curse under his breath and into his mitt, you know, if he doesn't get a call, you know, and is he worried about the ump being like, you know, quit talking shit, you know what I mean? And, and he said, he's like, yeah, that's a problem. Uh, the other reason that they're doing it is because you can actually hear the catcher moving in the in the batter's box and the batter could know, okay, he's shifting – you know, inside or outside, because so there's 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 reasons for the sound. Now, why they want to do CG fans in some shots and not in others? I mean, I think that was goofy. Fox did that um, on their broadcast, where like on the wide shots they did like computer generated fans, um, but it doesn't work. You know, on That's the tight fun. shot. So I don't know. That was what I mean. Uh, How I much it, of that do you think carries over to the NFL? The sound, absolutely. There is going to be a ton of piped-in sound in NFL games because if nothing more, and I've said this before, you have to mask the, the cursing. There is no way in the world. It would be great that, to let it rip, though. But they're not going to. You're going to hear a lot more than you might otherwise because they're just not going to be able to. You know, I was that, watching the Rockets before we started, and uh, even just the the lack of crowd noise, like hearing the ball clang off the rim on like a foul shot, like mm-hmm. it's the squeaking. It, on the, oh yeah, nuts! Like that's what's that's what I I don't know what I don't know what I was watching, but but whenever you watch like a summer league game or whatever where there's not a lot of crowd, that that's what always was remarkable to me is there's so much damn sneaker squeaking mm-hmm. that you don't notice. Um, so I don't. I think with the NFL, I think they're going to have a ton of noise piped in. But you're also you're going to see stadiums with fans in them. And the, there's already stadiums that are, that are planning on having 
you know, 25% of their crowd in the, in attendance. Until the testing starts catching up. People are acting, whatever. Maybe we'll see. I mean, it's, it's not about, it's, it's not about cases. It's about, it's about hospitalizations and, and, you know, and whatnot. I mean, it, it just depends on the municipalities. I mean, there are, there are sides of things that are, you know, saying we should lock back down again, but you know, given the leadership, I think you're going to see the NFL want to want to power through. I agree. Yep. And wherever they are going to, wherever the local jurisdiction allows them to have fans, there are going to be fans there, and people will go to those games. I'm you sure. Saw, there were people in the rooftops at Wrigley. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's there there's so there's going to be people. The people will buy. I can't the- even understand that though. You're just looking at the infield of a, of a stadium versus sitting at home and seeing the whole thing. There's something to be said about being there. People no, want to, not to that degree. People want to get out of their fucking houses, dude. And watch it outside. <laughs> watch it outside. There's the salty ditty we've known all week. There, there. it is. I mean, I personally wouldn't do it, but if but if I didn't have kids, yeah, it's just a little bit like, look at me, look how dedicated. Like, it's just kind of whack to me. Yeah, Sorry. that's that's what people do. I mean, they're. I guess. You know, that's it's uh. Here's the thing. If you're really doing it because you really felt that, you don't – it's almost like that Walter Payton thing I posted. When you're good at something, you tell people. When you're great at something, people tell you. Like if you don't – if you really feel it in your heart that you need to be there and staring outside at these games and, like, only seeing the infield, you don't need to go make trying to make an example out of how great you are as a fan. Like, just do it for you. Yeah, but it's just not – you know, it's it's not about that. It's about it's, it's about like, it's about look at me, look at me, hi. That's, but that's what everybody does. Not me, man. When I go somewhere and enjoy something, I'm not hiding behind my phone. Okay, but you're in the minority. Most people I'm are a picture are, taker. Are, yeah, most people that are out. I mean, Jer was at the Hall of Fame, and I'm I'm not shitting on Jer for posting pictures and and telling everybody that he was at the Hall of Fame and sharing his enjoyment of that. Yeah. I mean, that's what people, you know, that's that's the way that people socially interact and share their enjoyment of it. I agree. I think well, I haven't hated at concerts. Like people like go live at a concert. You stand at your fucking phone. Like I hate it too. You you, you paid all this money for a concert and you're experiencing it through a four inch screen. Yeah. And and you know fucking full well it's all gonna be online because there's a million other people filming it. Right. <laughs> The concert themselves is going to release an HD professionally produced thing that you could watch, but you still want to make your own stupid video. Well, that's what I mean. Like if I if I met you guys at training camp, I just want to take it in. I'm not going to be like, like I know, but and I agree the same thing. But you get caught up in it and you start, you know, you, you it's it's hard, you know, when you. Well, I've been at training camp. I didn't take videos. I just didn't feel like it. I just watched. I wish we had the videos though, because we've heard the story of of the Bears Patriots training camp quite a bit. It'd be cool to see the videos. Yeah, you're right. It's a while. Like honestly, like I wish you took video. I wish you had taken videos because you have cool stories from training camp. I'll I'll find them. I'm sure they're on YouTube that I didn't have to take. (laughs) Well, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Belichick, Belichick takes the videos. He doesn't let people take them. Right. Yeah, I'll find out right now. I'll look for you. <laughs> no, 
hell? I mean, <laughs> you're arguing with modern life, though. Like, this is what people do. You know, every, everybody's constantly sharing and oversharing, and and I get it. I, like, 100% agree with you, but I also see both sides of it. Um, you know, so... Personally, no, I, I I wouldn't be out there, number one, and I probably wouldn't be, but at the same time, you know, that's just what, that's what some people like to do, you know, that's just, it's, uh, it lends credibility to whatever, you know, they're, they're, it's like, I'm going to outfan you. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm from here and I do this and look at, look at my man cave. I'm a better fan than you. And, you know, I mean, that's, that's, you know, if you built an awesome man cave, do you, do you have to put it on Twitter and have everybody drool over it? No. But if you do and it gets broadcast on this and that and gets a bunch of love and all the better, right? I mean, that's cool, right? Or is it, you know, is it lame? I don't know. I mean, yeah. it doesn't man cave any cooler, but that's just life. I mean, what we could sit around and have a phone conversation and not a podcast, right? Right. right. Well, we do it because we think that people want to hear us have a conversation, right? It's the same thing. That's what I'm saying. It's the same fucking thing. You know, we think we're interesting enough that people want to listen to us. People that go out to a game think. God bless you. Think, yeah. <laughs> I forgot people what recording, actually. Interesting enough to, uh, to, for us to care about, you know, their videos from the games. Some people agree, some people disagree. Yeah, don't mind my salt. Yeah, big salt, big hey, salt. Hard, hey, listen, at the end of the day, it's hard to have a, it's hard to keep a bar in business if they're on a, they're on a bunch of thirsty fucks. So that's right, thirst is key. Yep. Crack them. That's it. <laughs> so, anyway, you got anything else? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad people do give a shit because we wouldn't do this. We wouldn't have a bunch of, you know, whatever. Like, I mean, you know, I, I mean, at the end of the day, if there wasn't thirst for all this, I wouldn't even know the two of you. Yeah. Oh. You're my yeah. thirst buddies. I hear you. Let's get, let's stay thirsty, my friends. Stay thirsty. So, anywho. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> The tailgate show on Debrawl Network. The Bears. The rookies. The Mike Dick is everybody's racist uncle. Oh, um, oh, oh, get into that. Yeah, that's that wasn't good. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, just uh, I don't know why they have to bother him with questions like that. Eighty-year-old guy, like, what do you? That you knew that was coming. Stick a mic in that guy's face, you know. Oh, God. Anyway, thanks for listening, folks. Yeah. <laughs>